are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. Good morning. Hasn't it been so good to watch the opening video these last four weeks? A big thank you to Chrissy's for putting this together. I have the privilege of finishing our Christmas preaching series, To Us, A Child Is Born. And to finish off the year too, what a year it has been. Certainly not the one that many of us would have predicted and not the Christmas we would have planned either. But I hope and pray that you had a wonderful Christmas and enjoyed fellowship with family and friends, either in person or as a household, or virtually. As a church, we have been meeting virtually for the most of 2020, though it has been so great that we've managed a couple of meetings recently. And I'm certainly looking forward to a time where we can meet regularly again. Last weekend, I went with my family to a nativity walkthrough performed at Wintershaw. It was such a wonderful opportunity to hear the Christmas story as you walk around the estate in Bramley performed by actors at various stops along the way. It was great to trudge through the mud in the sodden fields and to experience the story as you went. There was something quite peaceful and calming about it. At points, my feet were struggling to grip in the mud as you climbed the hill to find the star and to see the baby that was to be born. I guess I felt a bit more like the donkey in the story with my two-year-old son strapped to my back in a carrier but I came away with a sense of wonder and gratefulness to the owners of the estate for displaying the good news of Christ in this wonderfully experiential way. The Christmas story is one of hope, a story of a baby that is born into a history of promise and prophecy. Jesus' arrival, although understated, was about to change the course of history. And at the same time, as we've already heard over the last few weeks, fulfill the many parts of scripture where the coming Messiah is foretold. I certainly can't think of a Christmas in my own lifetime where I've needed more a story of hope and promise of something bigger to come. Each week we have looked at one of the four names or characteristics describing Jesus in our passage from Isaiah 9. Rohana kicked us off looking at Wonderful Counselor, Chris looked at Mighty God, and Phil last week looking at Everlasting Father. And this week we are looking at the final name, Prince of Peace. So I'm going to read our passage now from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. I know you know it so well. For, us, for to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much that you are with us this morning. Lord, I thank you that by your spirit, Lord, you can open our hearts to receive your message. Father, I thank you for this series that we've walked through in the, in the uh, book of Isaiah in chapter 9. And Lord, I just pray that you help us all to come to this morning, uh, wherever we're at, all the frustrations and disappointments and, and wherever we, you know, Christmas has sort of taken us. Lord, I just pray that you help to soften our hearts, help us be able to hear from you, to receive this from you, and to, and to go away renewed and restored and re-energised, and uh, yeah, just loving you more and more. So thank you, Father, for being with us. Uh, and yeah, I just pray that you, that you bless me as I bring this message this morning. Amen. When you think of peace, it might conjure up many thoughts. You might think of a picture of a dove with an olive branch. You might think of the time when you can slip into a warm bath with a good book, a glass of wine maybe, some candles on, and the children all quietly sleeping away. I got this one for my wife in case you were thinking this was my idea of peace. Mine is similar, except Charlotte is the one peacefully reading in the bath, and I'm downstairs with the football on, uninterrupted bliss. You might even think of the end of a war and the peace treaty that has been so fiercely fought over. And when we think of a prince, we think of the son of a king, part of the royal family, the next in line to the throne. You think of grandeur and extravagance, you think of someone who maybe has the ear of the king, his father, and represents him when he's not there. One who is set to inherit the kingdom and has every opportunity and more that they could want in life. Last week at Wintershall got me thinking about the first 30 years or so of Jesus' life. In arriving as a baby in Bethlehem and growing up in Nazareth, he experienced life. Like my experience last week, he trudged through the mud and the sodden fields of the earth. He experienced the effect of sin on the earth and people. He got to understand the challenges and the temptations, and yet he withstood them all. He spent time with those who didn't seek him and who didn't seem to deserve him. He often spurned or rebuked the ones that on the face of it made more sense for him to be spending time with. And ultimately... He climbed the hill, carrying his cross to be crucified. He certainly didn't live as a prince would have been expected to live. His arrival is much more understated. If you think of Princess George or Louis or Princess Charlotte, and you think of the clamour for photos and news stories around the world, Jesus' arrival was anticipated for hundreds of years with accurate prophecies of how it would happen and yet, when he arrived, it almost went unnoticed. Only a few were alerted and got to see him, and I can't imagine he even made the local news. When he was older, he worked as a carpenter. He saw the difficulties life can bring, and during his ministry, he encountered people in horrible situations. 
He understood what it was like to be rejected, to be treated with contempt, to be misunderstood, to be laughed at and treated unfairly. When you think about Jesus in the context of Prince of Peace, particularly at this time of year, you could be forgiven for only thinking of him as one who is meek and mild, a baby in a manger, one who has come to bring peace through living well and talking to and befriending people. Like Rahana said, we can be in danger of leaving Jesus in the manger as a baby. But how do we hold this with Jesus, with the Jesus described in Daniel 7? And to him was given dominion, meaning total rule, complete authority, and glory and kingdom, that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Or the Jesus from Revelation 19, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. He is clothed in, ro- in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and will rule them with an iron rod. Jesus came to bring peace to the world and to you and me. He came to show us that there was a better way of living a true way of living that could be an example to all nations. He came to demonstrate that a life honouring to God was possible, but he knew all along that there was only one way for us to have a restored relationship with God. Jesus, in order to bring peace to earth, knew there there needed to be justice, and for that we needed a saviour. As Phil mentioned last week, the Messiah that was longed for was to be the saviour, the one who reconciled man to God, who restored peace between man and God. And to do that, there needed to be death. There needed to be punishment for the sins of the world. And Jesus, the baby, the carpenter, the longed for Messiah, the horseback rider called Faithful and True, that same Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross, allowed himself to be nailed to the wood, gave up his last breath and said, it is finished. The story of the Old Testament can be summarised as God's people wanting to lean on their own strength and abilities, coming up short and yearning for God, only to turn their back on him the minute they felt strong again or swayed by another way of living. They continually missed the mark on God's standards and could not achieve the way of living that was prescribed in the Ten Commandments. And they needed another way. Throughout this time, men and women of God would start to do what was right in the eyes of God, and many would point to the one that is to come. It seems so easy now to see that Jesus, our Prince of Peace, was the one they were waiting for. But for many, they didn't see him when he was right in front of them. And we even today, 2,000 years later, can sometimes still not see Jesus, even though we have the benefit of the Bible in its entirety, both the promises and the fulfilment, the old and the new. 
Ephesians 2 verses 14 to 18 says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off, and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. In describing Jesus as the Prince of Peace, Isaiah is prophesying the ultimate role Jesus will play in bringing peace to the world, the sacrifice that he would make to restore our relationship with God. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Prince of Peace is the one description of the four descriptions we've looked at over the last few weeks that also points to Jesus being the son, the son of a king. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. As we know now, the son of the father, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So Jesus has won this peace with God for us and this is an eternal victory. In John 10 verse 27 to 30 we read this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Here Jesus is pointing forward to the victory he will win on the cross only a few chapters later. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. But we are still living on earth, so what does it mean for us today? What does it mean in a year when the headlines tell us Christmas was cancelled, when our borders have been closed with queues of goods waiting to be turned back, and so for some of us our livelihoods taken away? How does Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, relate to my situation right now? In John 14 verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I love John 14. You should read it and meditate on it. Jesus has told the disciples that he is the way, the truth and the life. That to know Jesus was to know the Father. That whoever believes in Jesus will do the works that even he did and even greater things. He talks about leaving us a helper, one who will be with us forever, the helper we know to be the person of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who in Ephesians 1 verse 13 is described as a seal, the guarantee of our inheritance until we are to acquire it. He continues in John 14 that he will not leave us as orphans, but he will come back to claim his church. This isn't going to be the Jesus who they saw before them, but the one who rules and reigns for eternity. The one who is to defeat sin and death. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. This is an enduring peace, an everlasting peace, an all-consuming peace. Let not your hearts be troubled, 
neither let them be afraid. This is a peace to calm our hearts and to give us security, to give us hope, to make us feel content and satisfied. When we feel at peace, we feel safe. And God wants us to have peace and to feel at peace with him. Through Jesus, through, through Jesus but he also wants us to feel peace in our hearts and minds. Philippians 4 verse 7 says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this peace that Jesus has ultimately won for us with God, so that we can have a restored eternity with and hope in our heavenly, everlasting Father, the peace that spares us the wrath of the mighty God, and put the justice that we deserved on Jesus, his blameless Son, the peace that provides us with wonderful counsel through the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels and the prompting and guidance of the Holy Spirit. This peace that Jesus gives to us and leaves with us is to guard our hearts and our minds. I don't know about you, but I found 2020 tough, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. I've had feelings of anxiousness, loneliness, depression, I've allowed my mind to be unguarded at times and my heart to be troubled. I felt anything but peaceful in the last few weeks leading up to Christmas. I don't know if you feel the same way, but perhaps you can resonate with that. We have all had our plans changed this year. We have all had to say goodbye to memories that were never made, to experiences we planned for but felt like we lost. We may unfortunately have experienced loss, Loss of loved ones, loss of time spent with family and friends, loss of income and employment opportunities, loss of community as we have had to manage the tears and rules and procedures. But we can look up. We can look to Jesus this Christmas. We can look for and know the hope that he brought to the earth. We can understand more about the character bestowed on this tiny baby 700 years before his birth. We can glimpse at the majesty and wonder of how Jesus, who is fully man yet fully God, can be all those things and more. We can rejoice that he has promised to restore us and this world ultimately once and for all when he returns, not in an understated way, not behind the inn in a stable, barely fit for animals, but riding on a horse with flaming eyes and a sharp sword coming from his mouth. Jesus is coming back to redeem the earth and to claim the church, to be with God. Jesus has brought peace to this earth and continues to bring peace day by day by day through the work and person of the Holy Spirit. And he will bring complete and total peace on the day of redemption. Colossians 1 verses 15 to 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. 
He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So we know this child to be born is going to be wonderful in counsel, is going to be mighty God and an everlasting father. And we know now he is going to be and was and is instrumental in bringing peace to this earth. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much that you have been with us. Lord, I thank you that you are a wonderful God. You are wonderful in counsel. You are mighty. You are everlasting from beginning to end. You are the Prince of Peace. And Lord, I thank you that the peace that you bring surpasses all understanding. I thank you, Lord, that you can guard our hearts and our minds. Lord, I thank you that by your Spirit, you can free us into an eternal hope and reassurance and destiny that ultimately will see us living for eternity with our Father in heaven. Lord, I pray as we close this year that you would, uh, that you would soften our hearts, that you would let us put the trouble and the despair and the feelings of um, just unhappiness, Lord, from the last few weeks and months, um, Lord, that you would help us to look forward to 2021 that you would help us to look up and see you, not look down, not look down at the sodden mud and the trudging through the earth, Lord, but let us look up at you. Let us look up and let you be our shining light this Christmas. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to have a wonderful uh, new year. You'd help us to look forward to the next year to come. And Lord, ultimately you help us to trust you more and more, day by day by day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.